This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, so the 11th South African AIDS Conference got underway in Durban yesterday where more than a thousand delegates from civil society, exhibitors, uh, um, as well as various other role players are expected to attend the conference, which concludes on Friday. According to a statement from the presidency, the conference will provide a platform for taking stock of the post-pandemic South African HIV, AIDS, tuberculosis, and STI response. Uh, In addition, the presidency says the conference will also deliberate on emerging priorities as the country forges ahead with efforts and strategies to eliminate HIV as a public health threat. Let's speak to the um, joining us on the line. And now to take a look at the, this matter is the acting uh, acting chief of party uh, for rights to care's accelerating program achievements to control the pandemic or APACE uh, for short. Dr. Chuka Onaga, good morning and thank you for joining us. Good morning, Titi, and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for having me. I feel uh, just to be able to give us a sort of a, a broad, uh, you know, overview of where things stand. I mean, one of the things that emerged during at the time of COVID nineteen uh, on the, the the lockdowns there was that uh, um, you know efforts at uh, treating and uh, fighting HIV and AIDS had taken something of a backseat as resources were. Uh, pumped into fighting COVID-19. Where do we stand in as far as the fight against HIV and AIDS is concerned? No, thank you very much, Titi. Um, indeed, as you said in your intro, a COVID-19 pandemic really disrupted service delivery across uh, all facets of society and uh, HIV, TB, STI. Response program was mm. no exception. Um, in particular, it was very difficult for patients to either leave their homes or access facilities, or even there was even um, at some point or the other some glitches with supply chain mm. and stuff like that. But um, so where where we really struggled was one in the area of uh, diagnosis, um, initially around TB diagnosis, case finding. Um, then uh, what has persisted is the issue about keeping people on treatment. It's mm. a whole lot of causes that cause it. Some may be about our being able to know that these are actually the number of people that are actually still taking their treatment, or some have actually fallen away from treatment. So what we call the second 95 in the HIV program. Um, the, and within that, um, not every uh, subpopulation have been affected the same. Um, the adult females are doing better than the rest. Uh, the adult men, you and I, mm. <laughs> we are lagging behind. Uh, but what still are the children? The children are really, really lagging behind in this uh, program. So, but uh, the good news is that um, there is very good uh, evidence that we are getting back on track. We would, of course, love to be faster. Um, even from the the attendance at the plenary opening plenary mm. of uh, the this conference, uh, you could see the energy was high. You could see the auditorium was full to the brim. 
you can see, you know, even in the strife of people that everybody is united in this uh, fight. So we have suffered some disruptions, mm. but indeed uh, there is progress uh, that is returning to the program. And in terms of uh, getting back on track, so to speak, where is the emphasis on right now? Because a lot of, uh, 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 you know, communication in t- around HIV AIDS seem to tended to focus in recent years Um on the number of people that we've now got on treatment. What, 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 what is the, the area of emphasis? I mean, where do we stand in as far as new infections are concerned? I mean, because for the longest time, we were lagging behind or we were leading the way, depending which way you look at things, in terms of the number of new infections. Yeah, so um, indeed, the emphasis will continue to be on the number of people on treatment. Um, we will never get tired of that because um, if you put people on the right treatment, they get virologically suppressed within a very short period of time. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, we have this messaging that is, is also reverberating in this conference of you equals to you, mm. uh, undetectable. If the virus is undetectable, it equals to untransmissible. And uh, to the, to the uh, credit of the National Department of Health, uh, there has been movement on making the new medications available. It's a Dutegrever-based regimen, mm. or what we call CDG-based mm. regimen, making it available because, indeed, science all over the world has shown that uh, there is almost no resistance, biological resistance, to that particular medication. We just need to move a little bit faster with making the pediatric DTG available to the children because, like I said, they are lagging behind. Mm. So that will continue to be the emphasis, and I just took a moment to explain why that should continue to be so. Mm. And then the other things we need to work on is stigma, the issue about stigma. It is really standing in the way of people who know they are... Even in this day and age. Even in this day and age. And there are some subpopulations that we really need to um, look after, uh, that we really need to um, that we really need to destigmatize, mm. right? So issues like there was a very strong uh, uh, presentation at the plenary by some uh, commercial sex workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is progress that is being made to decriminalize sex work, mm. um, and um, you know I think uh, the Department of Justice should uh, continue moving faster with the public consultations around mm. that and finalize. You know, there are some populations like the LGBTQA. Mm. Okay. We had a good presentation and a moving speech uh, from a lovely lady that's living with albinism and, uh, you know, the dangers around that and this particular risk. So there are some populations that really are suffering from stigma. But over and above that, there is a big emphasis now on prevention. Prevention is better is cheaper than cure. So right. issues around um, um, whether it's male medical circumcision, whether it is pre-exposure prophylaxis, uh, whether it is uh, appropriate and consistent use of uh, protective uh, me- measures like condoms, whether it's making sure that there is always um, those uh, mm. those condoms How, available. Yeah. 
Let's talk about, uh, you mentioned the pre-exposure prophylaxis. I mean, there was a time when there was a big push to try and get people onto that. How, how, uh, w- what has happened there? Because it seems that that, that again, is, I suppose, as with everything else, has suffered a little bit in terms of the rollout there. So, incidentally, Titi, I will be making an oral presentation on that same topic at 11.45 today at the conference. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting topic that my organization, Right to Care, that we really are championing. So there's been, there's been um, progress made, okay? Uh, for instance, in the, program, in the program that we implement um, in Mpumalanga and Free State, we really uh, exceed our target, right? And the issue is that you have to take time to understand what are the barriers mm. to the adolescent girls and young women declining the uptake of PrEP. There is, again, the issue about stigma, where parents uh, will think that they are, on a, they are HIV positive, because remember, it's the same medication, just mm. a little bit of a difference. Instead of three medications, you have two, all right? Uh, there is the issue about even not understanding what the medication is, does, even uh, not being explained fully enough what are the benefits of being right. on, yeah. on this, yeah. you know, understanding how it's taken. So, Again, like I said, um, it is uh, that program is recovering. Um, there okay. are many funders in that space as well who are supporting the department. All right, and then one of the things that when I remember in the run-up, well, well at the start of uh, the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, there was a huge worry and a scare about what the likely impact would be of COVID-19 on populations with a high rate of people living with, uh, or high numbers of people living with HIV. It never really came to pass. What is, uh, what did we, what did we understand by that? Yeah, what did we learn from that? Um, Titi, I promise you that the COVID, the the era 2020 to 2021 ended, there will be several PhDs from that because we keep learning Indeed, um, there, when the COVID-19 uh, pandemic broke out, there were a lot of, uh, a number of risk factors, okay, that were identified by scientists, uh, HIV being one of them. The others was old age above 60, having comorbidity, chronic illnesses like diabetes, or hypertension, and asthma and cancer. Mm. Um, not all of them held out not those uh, postulates or hypotheses held out uh, robustly. So mm-hmm. the diabetics, indeed, science and evidence retrospectively showed that they were more at risk, hypertension, more at risk. But what was the prediction that, you know, like South Africa with a high HIV burden, that there, will be, there may be people, corpses lying on the street, that did mm-hmm. not exactly play out. And we are very grateful to God. What scientists are trying to do now is to understand fully what are the what are what were the risk factors for um, for uh, death, you know, following right. COVID nineteen okay. yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And then finally, are we past the point where HIV AIDS? You you spoke about the the challenges that you still have with stigma, but are we past the stage where you know HIV AIDS was a killer? Or is a killer that contracting the virus was a, yeah, a, no, a death we, sentence? No, definitely not. We've, we've definitely passed the stage where it is a death sentence on one condition 
if you know your status on time, um, there are there are symptoms that you would experience, and you know that these are symptoms of acute um, HIV infection, mm. like anorexia, like ailment fever, like malaria, and all that. So if you are not feeling well, and you know that you've been uh, involved in a risky um, activity, please know your status. That is step mm. one of it not being a killer. And when you know your status, do not um, deny. Don't go into mm. denialism. Mm. Accept treatment. And this is when you now activate your power to over HIV. The moment you take your treatment, um, you, will, you will be cured. And it will just be a chronic illness. And even the, your loved ones around you, if you are in a relationship, you are going to protect them. And the HIV will not come into your uh, either your family or your social network and wreak havoc through you, right? So mm. HIV is no longer a killer, but it is on the condition that you know your status, you embrace your status, and you are responsible with your health by taking right. treatment. I know I said that was my last question, but here's my very last question. Is about I'm ready for you. <laughs> I'm enjoying you. I'm enjoying this session. Yeah, yeah. My, 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 my it's about research into vaccines. I mean, we got a COVID nineteen vaccine in double or quick time during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Where do we stand in as far as research into a vaccine for HIV and AIDS, and why is progress so slow? Yeah. So. The research, the HIV vaccine uh, trials, okay, have been ongoing for for a very long time. Mm. Okay. In addition, we also have uh, the blood acting antibody uh, trials that are also ongoing. There's a lot of them that are under trial at the moment. The difference with the COVID nineteen. Um, Mm-hmm. vaccine trial okay and which was kind of fueling the it was kind of fueling the hypothesis that maybe there is a conspiracy against this is that on the framework on the backbone of hiv vaccine trials especially the ones uh, that are based on messenger rnas okay um that was leveraged upon to fast track the covid-19 vaccination. I remember mm. at the time, because this was a novel uh, virus, so to speak, right. um, nobody had immunity to it. It was causing death. People, you had uh, countries where you had 10,000 people dying in a day. So it was shock and awe and all mm. resources, just as you said at your intro, every single resource was channeled. Mm towards fast-tracking okay. some of the candidate vaccines that we are there. So, indeed, uh, something like TB, for instance, has been a long, if we are around for a long time, but mm. because HIV from 1981 was killing a lot of people and there was a lot of in, in, um, attention on it, you had faster progress on that front Got you. compared to TB. Mm. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, so is there, is about when the world feels that they are under threat, uh, they will sit up, recruit all resources, and fast-track. All right. Look forward to hearing then more of your report, the the paper you'll be delivering today or the presentation you'll be making today. But thank you so much for your time. That was quite comprehensive. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Steve. There you go. That's Dr. Chuka Onaga. He's uh, uh, with the Right to Care. That's uh, the program. He's the uh, the chief of the Accelerating Program Achievements to Control the Epidemic.
You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.